0: I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter bye-bye, bye-bye. and make believe it came from you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. I'm going to write words so, so sweet. They're going to knock me off of my feet. A lot of kisses on the bottom. I'll be glad I got them. I'm going to smile and sing. Good morning. It's August 1st, and welcome to Doing Life, Daily Devotions for Finding Peace in Stressful Times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. This morning's title is Texting, and that was Billy Williams singing, I'm going to sit right down. I like when texting someone becomes routine, like it's not normal if you don't talk to each other all day. Anonymous. This will sound absurd to some, but we had to write letters on paper and mail them when I was young. The phone was too expensive to talk to someone far away like a grandparent, and for my parents' children, the phone wasn't even an option. No, we had to put pen to paper, write the letter in cursive, then put it in an envelope, place a stamp on, which we had purchased at the store, and then depend on the postal service to deliver the missive some several days later. But the paper itself was a relatively modern and a huge technological step forward. Parchment, or animal skin, predated paper by several thousand years, followed by papyrus, which were thick sheets made from the pith of the papyrus plant, first made in Egypt around 2500 BC. Paper, as we know it, wasn't made from processed, milled plant and textile fibers until around 200 AD in China. 500 years later, the process spread to the Islamic world. But it wasn't until 1250 that paper mills using water wheels were designed in Spain, and then not until the mid-19th century that wood pulp became the fiber source for mills in England and the United States. An American, not British, postal service didn't exist until Benjamin Franklin was appointed the first postmaster general just prior to independence in 1775. So to communicate within the USA, we mailed letters as the only option until the advent of the telegraph in 1840. Shortly thereafter, in 1843, the first fax machines were invented, if you can believe that, and perfected for transoceanic use by 1865. That was 11 years before the telephone was invented. At that time, it was called an electric printing telegraph machine. So telegraph, fax, then telephone— added to our ability to communicate, but the letter was still the gold standard for detailed, longer messages until the advent of the computer, when the Internet, and of course, finally, email. Still, until the 1990s, email was largely slow, dial-up, and only marginally quicker than mailing a letter. Email improved as cell phones and access to the Internet improved, both in speed and reliability, But as early as 1984, a German engineer typed out the first 160-character message in a completely different format, proposed his system to another engineer from French Telecom, who then developed a proposal for the Group special mobile, which met in Oslo in 1985. This, quote, texting, unquote, process was developed on a laboratory level, but finally in 1992, a young engineer with the SEMA group in the UK used a personal computer to send the message Merry Christmas, via the Vodafone network, to a friend at a party specifically organized to celebrate the auspicious event. It was one of the very first SMS text messages sent outside a laboratory setting. By 1994, the Finnish had a commercial option to add texting to your phone. The rest is history. Now, I can't even get my adult children to answer the phone at all. I can hardly get them to check email. Only texting gets through. Texting is wonderful, but before the use of emojis, there was really no way at all to express the tone of the speaker. The mood, whether humorous or deadly serious, was often confused. Additionally, messages are short via text and rarely contain the full explanation that an email might, or heaven forbid, that an actual letter might. Even your own family might express their love for you only via an emoji or a number code. While you're more likely to get right through to the intended party with a text, it's nowhere near as effective as prayer. First of all, God always gets the message because he's always awake, Psalm 121.4. Second, he knows what's in your heart without any words, 1 Samuel 16.7. Third, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf even when we don't know what to say, Romans 8.26. Finally, the Lord knows what you need before you even formulate the thought, Matthew 6.8. Now, that's more efficient than text for sure. Don't spend any time at all worrying about what or how to pray. Just talk to him in your head. And talk to him in your head whenever the Spirit moves you, so to speak. You don't even have to worry about autocorrect or how lost Siri can be. Try it. You'll start to use it all the time. Just like our opening quote, Pretty soon you won't feel comfortable unless you talk to God throughout the day. The Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are always there for us, that you neither slumber nor sleep. Remind us, Spirit, that we can pray by just thinking whatever we want the Lord to know. And even if we don't know the right words to say, he knows our heart, and you, Holy Spirit, will intercede on our behalf. Amen. On the bottom, I'll be glad I got it. I'm gonna smile and say, I hope you're feeling better. I'll close with love the way you do. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter.